0: Check, 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 check one two, check one two, Mind on the Rocks. Casey Child you Follow us on Instagram at MIA on the Rocks. Follow us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Today's guest got the homie Oscar Wong here. What's up, my brother? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Huh? All right, bro. So for the people that don't know, I was um I was watching the news. It was the news was on somewhere, and and I see it was during when the Americans got kidnapped by the Mexican cartel. And the news was covering that story, and then they the news flashes to my barber shop right here by my crib <laughs> and i'm like yo why is my but mr c barber shop why is my barber shop on the news right now and then they interview you you're not my barber but you're in the barber shop and they see you all the time you're talking about how you were kidnapped by the mexican cartel and i'm here like wait wait, wait, wait what's going on right now like you know i thought i hit the joint too hard or some shit <laughs> and and um uh, so you kind of went over your story because you just, you know, went through kind of what those Americans went through. Yeah, yeah. Um and and I was like, damn, bro, it would be dope to have him on the podcast to say his story. You were actually kidnapped by the Mexican cartel. Yeah, I was, yeah. All right, bro. We're gonna get into the story because this is some, so, some some dope shit, bro. Oh not dope, but I mean like it's like, I'm like you know how that's like yeah. Um okay, Oscar, bro. So walk me through your Mexican, correct? Yeah, I'm Mexican, bro. Born and raised in Mexico.
1: I was born in Mexico, but I was raised uh, here in Boca. Okay. I lived in Boca uh, when I was a kid. Then I went back home, and I went back to Cancun when I was 20. And I lived there from 20 all the way to 35. Okay. So So you're you're from Cancun? I'm from Cancun, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, you said some shit then, right? Oh, bro. That's like... Best of the best.
1: (laughs) I know you've been in Miami? In Miami, bro. I just moved out here after the pandemic. Also, okay. I've been here from 2020 till now.
0: Party-wise, comparing Miami to Cancun, what do you think, f-
1: bro? It's it's so, it's good. I mean, it's is this almost the same, you know. It gets wild, it gets
0: crazy. Cancun is like the wildest city of the whole Never Country. Been oh, in went to Tulum during fucking the yeah. pandemic, and I'm here like, damn, <laughs> nah, yeah, you know. But um, so. I want, I want to really go through this story because it's very interesting to me. Um, So you grew up in Mexico. I mean, you grew up in Boca, moved to Mexico. Yeah. And from what I saw, you were opening barbershops, right? Like, yeah. you were nice at cutting hair. That was like your trade.
1: Yeah, yeah. I started cutting hair actually in my front yard in, in Boca. You know, back in when I was in high school, I used to kick it with the homies. We used to buy a keg, you know, with a chair in my front yard, and I was just start cutting. And I started doing it just for fun on the weekends. Uh-huh. But I, I I was good at it, so my friends started coming, and, and people used to tell other people, and I would charge. I remember I used to charge five bucks to the homies. Wow. Or, oh. Those were like $50 after. <laughs> and I used to charge a beard. And I know, and I know. there's a 50 pay We're in Miami, dog.
0: Inflation, though. I'm not mad at you. I'm a DJ. I t- tell you what to so I can't be mad.
1: So I used, to ch- I used to cut in my front yard, and then I started liking it. Then I went to college in, in Salt Lake City. I, uh, I lived in Utah for two years, and then when I was done there, I moved back to Mexico and I went to Cancun. So I was twenty years old when I moved back in two thousand four. So you were you opened your own shops in Mexico, right? Yeah, I started cutting in my in my in my in my closet, bro. Like my little, you know, walk-in closet. I put a little chair there and and a mirror where my wife used to do her makeup. And I started cutting hair over there. When I started, where I used to charge twenty-five pesos, which is a dollar fifteen cents. Wow! So I would charge a dollar fifteen cents, but it was in a ghetto ash chair. Yeah, you know the uh, the Iron Man. Yeah, I would put my clippers there in my mirror, and I started cutting there because you know I have my my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was born, and I just got I just quit my job because you know I, I was serving at this uh, youth thing for rehab and church and stuff. And uh, I remember the boss of the company used to, uh, told me one on Sunday. He was like, "Yo, you gotta work on Sunday." And I said, "Yo, you know I don't work on Sundays because I go to church." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Who feeds you, man? Me or God?" I And I said, "What?" So I said, "Oh, God, obviously." So I took on my thing. And I used to work at the airport. Wow. And uh, I started cutting hair because I was going broke, bro. I, I started pawning my shit. I was started selling my stuff. So then I was like, man, I'm good at cutting hair, so I'm just going to start. So I started cutting hair. Then uh, I sold it. The, the only truck I had, I sold it, and I rented this little uh, garbage spot in this plaza that never got finished because it was a fraud. But it was in a good street, ghetto street, but good street. Right, The right. crossway. In Cancun. In Cancun. So I went up to the owner, and I said, yo, how much you, I need a spot. So I could open a shop. and He's like, how much you willing to pay me? So I told him $150, and he started laughing. He's like, man, for $150, I, I, I rent you the garbage place, the way where we put the garbage. And I said, all right, let me see it. So he's like, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I ain't going to rent you the spot where we throw the garbage. And I said, no, let me see it. So we went and saw it, and it was a little, like, it was in meters. I don't know how much it is in square feet, but it was 25 meters. Yes, yeah. like this size. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I get it. And I started, I remodeled it. And from being a garbage place, mm-hmm. I turned into a shop. Wow. And bro, I started, you know, back back in 2004, there was no barbershops in Cancun. It was all like unisex uh, salon t- salon type. And nobody had like like the style, you know. Nobody did the nice haircuts, the tape, play the music. Like I know. So you know, back in two thousand four, I don't know if you remember that little blowout was high. Yeah. You know, with yeah. those the house you had bro. Yeah, I had the blowout. Yeah. You know, those I forget the the name of those Italian kids.
0: Uh, 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 uh the, the Jersey Shore ship, yeah, but before that, the Guido it was like they would have like a poly,
1: yeah, the poly D, but it was two brothers or three brothers, like uh, gangster guys. That the dad was a gangster, they had a show on MTV, I forget the name, but, man, yeah. but um, everybody had the out. So I used to do the little blowout, I had an AC, I had a PlayStation, and you know, I was from coming from the States, but I never said Boca, I used to sing from Miami, you know, I used to read Miami because you don't read Boca. Yeah. So, they were like, oh, man, you know, I get a haircut with the dude from Miami, this and that. So, that mm-hmm. started hyping me up. And then I, I got another dude, another dude, and I started teaching them. And then all of
0: a sudden, bro, I had uh, over 100 haircuts a day. Oh, okay. So, so you start the first shop, and then yeah. you, you've opened multiple shops. Next, I started. How does the, ex, the expansion work? Well, I opened the first shop. I knocked down the wall. I get a, a
1: bigger location at the same spot. And then from one chair, which was mine, I had... Ten
0: chairs, so I had ten cats cutting there, fifteen heads a piece. Holy, and you, you, you let he let you rent that spot. He's saying, okay, he turned this shit from a garbage to yeah. uh, and, and bro, that
1: shop was popping. Let me look. I remember. I, I'm all about marketing, bro. I think marketing, and to this day, marketing is, is facts. Facts. I started, but you know, back then there was no social media. Facebook was just beginning. Hmm. So I remember I opened Facebook, and, and people in Latin America used to use the high five. So, none of them didn't know what Facebook was. So, I started doing a lot of p- promo with, with, with little flyers and stuff. But I used to know this guy that had a club in Cancun. And he linked up with this DJ named Luyan. I don't know if you know him.
0: Luyan, the mama king. But,
1: but Luyan was a nobody. He was, like, beginning to get to be known.
0: Before, oh, bro. Like, bro, he was probably, like, 13 years old, though.
1: Bro, no, no, no. He was bigger. He was, like, 18, 17, 18, around that. No, no, not 4 This was back when I started my shop. I moved to Cancun in 4 This was in 2013.
0: Uh, ah, okay, okay. So to th-
1: 2013, he linked up with. He goes to this event in Mexico City, links up with Luyan, and tells him, "Yo, I want you to come to Cancun." So he charged him three hundred dollars to come to Cancun, and he said, "I'm gonna bring you this artist that I'm moving around." And it was Galo Star. Wow. So Galo Star came, and they came. They used. I used to sponsor all the flights. And the hotel mm-hmm. and the event, so they will wear my wristbands on the on. They will put my my name on the on the event on the mm-hmm. on the club while they were singing, and they will have to wear my shirt. But they will come to the shop and they get a haircut there. And you know his backup singer, it was Osuna, wow. but Osuna was a nobody. They nobody knew him at the at the time, and he used to come to my shop and I used to cut him, bro, for free. And I remember I used to tell my homie, "Yo, man, you're making me cut this guy for free." Hey, I don't know. He's not even famous or nothing. Look who he is not. Also, you know, he brought Justin Keelis. At the time, he was nobody. Uh, DJ Etienne, he used to DJ uh, Anuel a lot. Right. All of them cats came to the shop, and I was sponsoring them when, when the Farruko, back when he did a
0: show in Cancun, only 60 people showed up. But when he had the haircut to the front. Like, reggaeton wave exploded. Yeah. This is like 2014. This is like right when. Jay Balvin like started dropping and like I the know. Colombian reggaetonero started dropping and people were like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So you open. So how does the expansion happen when you, you open up more shops or are you? St- so yeah,
1: I, I, I started doing all of that. So that get, made my name grow, blow up. I opened a second one, but in a nice area. I said, I need to get to the people with money because mm-hmm. the people I used to cut, the most I would charge them was 75 pesos, which is $3.50. Yeah. So I said, man, I can't, I can't yeah. get grow like this. So I opened another one in a nice area, and I charged double. And then I started getting known by the people with money. Mm-hmm. And then one day, you know, a, a, I, I, everything I had and everything I made, I used to reinvest. Mm-hmm. So I got more money, and I would be like, I want a bigger TV. And people would be like, why are you buying a bigger TV? I said, because I want a bigger TV. But clients don't care about a bigger TV. And I said, I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I want a better seat. I want a better chair. I want a, a better, bigger AC to, mm-hmm. to make the clients be right good and i will paint it i will make it look really good so one day this guy came in and he's like yo is this a franchise and i said no nah, what you mean he's like yeah like like mcdonald's like burger King, because this looks american even the name and i said no nah, the last walls is, is my mom's last name i use it because of my mom and he's like yo but this looks really good you should make it a franchise and i was like but whoever wants to open a shop is just open and he's like rich people Look for businesses that are already popping to invest their money in. So mm-hmm. that came to my mind. So I started searching for about how to become a franchise. So I started doing all the paperwork, everything. It took me three months. And when I was done, I went by I was at the shop cutting uh, a client. And uh he was like, Yo, how you been? What you been up to? And I said, I oh, know, I just finished the project of the franchise. And he's like, Oh, you sell franchise now? And I said, I can. So he's like, tell me how it is. So I started telling him everything. And then when I finished, he's like, How about you one? And I, I didn't even know the price. I didn't even know what to do. Nothing, but I was like, I didn't. Right. And, and he's like, I tell him when you gonna pay me? He's like tomorrow. So the next day, I rented a little office like we work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and I called a friend of mine that he was like he used to sell uh, stuff on the street in Cancun for the tourists, but he had a lot of lip. Mm-hmm. So I told him, you come and act like if you were my my financial advisor. Wow. And I called a homegirl that was going to studying. Uh, in college, but she talked really nice and I said, act like you're my lawyer. So I rented a little space and I called him and I said, yo, I see you at the office. He's like, oh, that's your office? I said, yeah, that's our administrative, administrative uh, headquarters." <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and bro, we went there. I sold it to him for 250K Mexican, which is like $13,000, which is nothing at the time, but to me, that was an achievement. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know? And I sold him my name the, 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 to be able to use my name for that amount. So he paid me We opened a shop in another city, let's say like Orlando, Mm -hmm. from the distance, and that shop was like, it it exploded like crazy, to the point that he called me like three, four months later, and he said, yo, the shop is going crazy, I want more, but I want to invest in you. So I said, all right, but I told him my terms, so he gave me the money to open five shops, one after the other. So he bought into the company with me, I, I, I sold him a share. He bought in, and we opened five, boom, one month after the other, boom, boom, boom. Because in Mexico, it's not like here that you got to go through zoning and a bunch of permits. Yes. You open it, and then when they come, you give a little handout, and they let you go, and you're, you're good. Yeah. So from one, I had um, six. Wow. And then people started seeing the growth, and then people were like coming at me and say, yo, I want one. So I would set it to them. So I was growing with his money and, and selling and making more money. Wow. I wasn't even putting one single cent out of my pocket. Yeah. So from one year to another, on 2015, I grew from from zero to from having one to having nine, wow. and then on 2016, I sold nine franchises throughout the year and I opened more. And then from nine to seventeen, from seventeen to twenty-three, from twenty-three to twenty-eight, and like that.
0: During this time, like why, what made you want to go back to Mexico? Like how come you did? Were you bouncing back to the United States a lot, or No, nah,
1: I couldn't come to the United States because back when I was a, a kid, you know, in Utah, I did a lot of. Dumb shit. Oh, okay. So I started doing a lot of drugs. You know, I started doing a lot of meth out there. Oh, okay. And I started, you know, doing a bunch of bad stuff with my brother and some people we knew, mm-hmm. doing some things with cars and shit, so we had to dip. So I was in probation.
0: This is in Utah. You had to dip from Utah.
1: Yeah. So I I, I violated probation when I left the country, so I had to do, you know, the apology thing, and you know, all that crap mm-hmm. with lawyers and also um, not be able to come here for 10 years. Yeah. So it, I took like twelve years to be able to ask again for permission for visa, blah blah blah. And then I got it in 2017. I was able to come back. So I would come just to visit. But in 2017, when I used to come back, I was I was doing my thing. You know, I was doing good, bro. You know, in Latin America, it's a third world country. But also, if you're rich or you got money, you you're a king. Yeah. Here, you're wealthy. You're you're good. Unless you're a multimillionaire, right? But in Mexico, if you make good money, you could have a chauffeur. You could have two or three mates. Right. And you, you, nobody fucks with you. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. So I was good, man. People were like, why don't you come to the States? Do your thing in the States? I said, man, I'm, I'm fuck- yeah, doing good here, man. Why, why would I go out there? Yeah. Because I was growing and growing and selling and growing. I had, I, at one point, it was over 32 shops in 13 states of the country. And all I did, I wasn't even cutting hair no more. I would just go visit each shop. Yeah. So I was 50, one week home, one week away, one week home, one week away, and everything paid for. Each franchise had to pay me to go visit. Wow. So I would just fly out throughout the whole country, visiting the shops and and
0: training them and potting, you know. Wow. Okay, so people are getting to know your name, Mm -hmm. and it's growing in Mexico. You got all these shops. It Take me to the day when, you know, when I guess somebody from the cartel or somebody... Because from what I read on, or from what I heard on the news is that they wanted you to sell their work for them out of the barbershops and you said no.
1: No, see, the thing is that they all, they, they all, they, in Mexico and Latin America too, they charge a monthly fee for you to have a business. Mm-hmm. So they would come to the shop and now they would ask around, you know, ask for me, but you know, I was always no, supposedly like hiding from them. So they wanted payments. They wanted more money. They wanted this and they wanted that. They wanted to put people in in, in the shops that were like uh, popping to to sell drugs.
0: So I would say no. You know, I'd always like try in to. The cartel. You had to pay the cartel to have a shop. You have to pay. They, yeah. them. Damn yeah. So they would. So just people randomly would pop up at the shop asking for. Something. Yeah, bro, it's crazy. Gotcha. They call the, the the people. I
1: always tell people: if they call you, don't worry. Worry when they show up. Yeah. Because when they show up and they show their face and they know you got cameras and they don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, it's on. Okay. So they come to you. They're like, oh, I'm here to see Oscar. They come to you. Hey, I need to talk to you. They're like, yo, we're from here, 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 here. We're going to give you protection. They say it's protection. So they're going to protect you from the government and from other cartels. And you got to pay them. But just like they come, the other one comes too and offers you protection. Then you tell them, I'm already paying them. Yeah. And they tell you, no, but you got to start paying me. No, but I'm already paying them. If you don't pay me and you keep on paying them, you're gonna have, you're gonna have trouble with me. And then when you come to them and tell them, hey, they coming at me, no, you better not pay them. You keep better okay. keep on paying me and you become a bitch.
0: Damn. So basically and over there, if you do anything that gets you your name up or you start a good business and it starts to pop off, if you get to a certain level, someone's gonna come to you. Yeah. And and be like, Are oh, we gonna need some for some of this money?
1: The worst thing is that it's gotten worse to the point that it's not just a big company. You could even sell tortillas, bro, and they got to pay. You could sell chickens on the corner in a little spot and they got to pay.
0: So we're just talking about a tax now. You got to you're getting taxed.
1: Yeah. So the worst thing is that, that people, the people that are making businesses, they're having to shut down and others are coming to other countries like the U.S. to invest their money here or to invest their money in other countries because in their own country, they can't.
0: Yeah. Wow, bro. So did you have any like dealings with the cartel before this started to happen? Like, do you know, did like, you know I mean? Like you did your thing in Utah, you came down here, I mean, to Mexico. Did you have any dealings with them before or was it just like, they just started showing up, you sort of had an Nah, the
1: first time they showed up, I had only one shop. Okay. I remember.
0: Did they show up to the Cancun
1: shop when you first opened? Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I started. I started and at the time, you know, I had a bunch of shops open uh, it's like 17 were mine and the rest were franchise. So the franchise, I'm not the owner. I just don't own the name. Right. But it, it, each shop has the owner. They pay me royalties and everything. The ones that I owned, I used to live in Cancun and everybody knew I lived in Cancun. So they would try mm-hmm. to check me there. Nothing never yeah. happened in other places. To me, it was there. The first time I got, I got, uh, contact, contacted by them was at the shop in Cancun when I only had one. And I remember one dude came in. And he was like, yo, I'm from this, 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 and and you got to start paying. I'm coming back at the end of the month for my payment, and it better be on time, and it better be the same amount all the time. And it starts to go up, and I'll let you know when it goes up. And if you don't have it, you're going to regret it like that in front of everybody. Yeah, They don't give a fuck. So So I was like, whoa. So I contacted a friend that works for the Federalis. He's really linked up. So they took me to this office. They plugged my phone. They started checking the numbers that they were. I was getting called from. So we did this whole thing. He, This same dude went to other shops. Mm. And uh, so I knew them because they all used to work for me. And mm. then they did their own thing. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you become like a little dad of all of them. So, yo, what's up? Where what you guys? You have you guys? Yeah, he came. How did he look? Yeah, he had the hair like this. Yeah, it's the same dude. So we all came. So I linked him up with the police. And, uh. So we did this little thing, you know. We we raced it, and, and and the guys like, yo, I'ma put security and this and that, and and when this guy shows up, whoever shops, he comes, you know. Try to grab him, don't let him go. Call us, and we, since we're close, we're gonna come in and grab. Him. And he did show up to this guy's house, this guy's barbershop, and boom, he came and and
0: uh, Damn, hit him with the raid. And
1: and he and he, they the whole the barbers came at him, started beating his ass, and then the police came and boom, they got him. And I remember I went to the to the police station and I had to declare in front of him and he was right there wow. and that was safe and they never f- messed with with me again until 2017 at the end of 2017
0: a couple years or
1: yeah like three years
0: when you know the pressure starts for you like when you know they started start messing with you and then they came back to South yeah. they
1: they just, see it's year it's year or it's uh time they change government it changes so the same people that mess with you at the beginning is not the same. They like, they keep on changing. They, you know, the people that get caught up or they get their heads chopped up or their bodies are found in the streets or in bags are the same people that work for them. So since they're junkies, it's better for them to get rid of them and dump them or they betray each other. And then the way to show fear is to, to mm-hmm. you know, do that. Mm-hmm. so they started, you know, calling the shop they started calling my brother. My brother used to work for me at the time and he would call me. Yo, they call me. They call me to the shop. They call me to that shop. They grab my number. One day I remember they they grabbed my brother in the street. They blocked him off and they started they fucked him up. They hit him, his eyes was all fucked up fucked. Those weren't paying? No, because the issue that happened in the past. No, no, no. The issue that happened in the past. That was done. That was done. Okay. And uh the thing is that they they fuck with you like that to put fear. You know, so they start telling you, yo, we're going to start charging this and that, but then they fuck with your people. So that way, you know, you get scared. Because the only way to make you give up or or bend your hands is through fear. You know, that's how it is. So they work a lot with fear. So they started doing that and and contacting me and and I would get calls, I would hang up on them. So I said, the day that they come to the shop, that's when we're going to have to start to worry. So it did, it happened in 2018, it happened. And uh, I remember at the time I was separated from my wife because I I was back and forth, you know, doing drugs, this and that. Because you know, when you're getting money, you're famous, this and that, You, you sometimes you lose your, your, your head. So I started losing my head and I started doing drugs again. And I started, you know, messing with girls. I got separated from my wife. I lay home, I did my own thing. And I went to rehab in 2017 because I was really addicted to coke, like big time, big yeah. time, bro.
0: Rehab in Mexico.
1: Yeah. yeah. So when I got back from rehab, I started doing good. I tried to get my family back. My wife, you know, she hated me at the time. And I opened a little boxing club because I love boxing. So I did a little boxing club with a rehab on top. And I took some teachers from from the rehab that I went brought them down and, you know, we would give the word of God and then we would teach them how to box and we would feed them, this and that. So one day they came to the club, to the boxing club asking for me. So I stopped going there. So that's when I was like, oh, man, they're Mm -hmm. looking here. So I would stop going to the shop that much. I would stop going to the club, to the boxing club, this and that. So it started getting, like, uncomfortable because they looked. More, yeah. Yeah. They would, Their reception would be like, yo, Oscar, they they came to the shop. Mm -hmm. They came looking for you. They're asking for you. They're asking me. For your number, and you know one way or another you're gonna get your number, yeah, so then they would call me, I would hang up because I didn't want to listen to what they were they wanted because it was I was gonna start worrying more, yeah, so long story short, bro uh I'm going to can to I was in Cancun, going to uh Colombia mm-hmm. on October fourteenth of two thousand and eighteen at that time, I had like, we were now like seven shops in Cancun. Popping you know all over the place, making noise, and um and bro they 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 got me they they kidnapped me at the club, I was at a club I was going I was I, actually you know cool. yeah I was in Cancun, but I was going to Colombia because I would go to Colombia all the time and I would go all over the place to do barber seminars because mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to teach how to cut hair. I would go and teach how to grow your business, how to manage your business, how to franchise your business, mm-hmm. so they would hire me all over. So I, w- I would just do events, 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 events. So they would hire, they hired me in, in Colombia. So I was going to Cali and then to Medellin. So I was with my kids. I remember. I was separated from my wife. So my kids, I had them on the weekends. And a friend of mine called me. She's like, yo, we're at the party. This friend, he he got killed. He gave me up. He got killed months later because of things he used to do. But he gave me up and put me there to, they told him, yo, we give you some dough and you Bring him down, and we get we catch him. I found out all that out, because, you know...
0: So you were at the club?
1: So I was at home, and he calls me. And, you know, our weakest thing is female. Yeah, yeah. So, yo, I'm with some bitches, this and that. And I used to love that. So I was like, yo, bro, I'm with my kids. I'm playing a them tomorrow. I'm, I'm good. Now, nah, man, well, I got these two hoes. They want you. My wife is with them, this and that. And they rate to pop. So come down. Plus, all the barbers are here. We're doing this getaway party going away party for you so i was like all right so i went I, at the time i had this guy he was really cool we used to call him chon mm-hmm. and he was really christian and uh i used to be a pastor bro uh, at one point i was a pastor uh for eight years a youth pastor so i stopped all of that and i started you know doing my thing come from the, the barbershop you know business and this and that but he always used to tell me pastor and i was like man don't call me pastor i ain't a pastor no one he's like you know uh, the calling is always going to be there. Yeah. So he was always be like, yo, pass, pass. Pass is like short for pastor. Yo, pass. And I was like, Ben, don't call me that. So he would send me the sermon of the church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. He would always be like, I'm praying for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he used to drive me all the time. And he-, he Gave you up? No, no, my man. No, the guy who gave me up was so uh, other dude. This guy, he, whenever I travel, he used to be like the one that took care of the shop when I was gone with my brother. So he would always drive me around, and he was like, I used, I really trusted him because he was like really Christian, and he was, he was really good with, uh, at heart. So I called him, and I said, Yo, Chong, come with me, though. Uh, I need you to come to the club with me. And he's like, you know, Pastor, I don't go to those places that, that doesn't glorify God. And I said, I'm not asking you to, to go to the club. I'm asking you to go and take care of me. You want to take care of your pastor? Come with me. So he's like, why you want me to go? And I said, because... If I go and I start fucking around, I ain't going to leave. Mm-hmm. And I need to get out. So you need to t- take me out of there at 2 a.m. Long no story short, I convinced him we go. It's 2 a.m. I'm there getting drunk. These girls are with me. I see a table in front of me. And these dudes are looking at me, weird gangster dudes. But I didn't give a fuck because I was known, bro. Like yeah, I was really known in Cancun. Like Wherever I go, mm-hmm. people show me love because Cancun is really small. And I blew up so much all over the country that I was like a pride of Cancun. So I would go to to co- do conferences in high schools, in colleges, in in big companies. So I was really known. And, you know, you, when you're in the industry, you get to know the owner of this club, the owner of that club, the owner of this restaurant. So wherever I went, I, they would show me love. So And I would always go to clubs with like 20, 30 people, my employees. So I was like, man, I'm always protected. Mm-hmm. So... I was there and these guys are looking at me weird and the girls came with them. But the girls mm-hmm. left them to come with me. Mm-hmm. So I said, man, they look looking at me weird because they hate it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Right. Right. We're hating as niggas, you mm-hmm. know? So they were with me and I was just like here chilling with the girls, you know, making out and stuff. And they would keep on drink, making me drink, drink to the point that, I, bro, I lost it. I don't even know
0: yeah. the,
1: the time that I was there. But all I remember was this guy saying, yo, it's 2 a.m., let's go. No, 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 let's wait a little bit. 3 a.m., let's go. For him, my brother was like, yo, let's go. Because my brother and two other friends came with me in my car. And I was like, no, you guys go, I'm going to stay. So my brother went home. This other car came home. Thank God. Because whoever would have been in the car, they all would have got killed. Yeah. So thank God everybody Mm -hmm. left. But this guy, at four in the morning, I tell him, yo, Sean, leave. I'm going to stay with the bitches. And and from here, I'm going to just head out to the airport. I just buy clothes in in Colombia. He's like, no, I'm I'm never going to, I'm here, I'm with you to the end. He said that. So we leave at 6 in the morning, 6.20 to be exact. We're walking out of the club, I say peace out to the bouncer. The bouncer's looking at me weird, the other dude looking at me weird. But like, putting their head down, and I was like, yo, why are they acting like this? They're acting foul, you know? Mm -hmm. Because the bouncer, I knew him because... I always used to see yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, what's up, Oscar? So when I say yo, please, he was like, yeah, yeah, take care. Not even giving me, he's like looking yeah. at me in the eye. You know, I was like, what's wrong? Something's wrong. I go in the car. My car is parked right in the end. Let's say, like, uh, in front of the in the front of the club. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go to the to the car. We got in the car, and I tell my homie, yo, uh, go right quick, take me home. I'm going to do my back go fill up the tank and everything. You're going to take me to your airport. What I'm saying that I'm putting the music, and I remember to this day, you know that song, The Bebe by Anuel and, and, and yeah. Tekashi? Okay. The the Bebe song? Yeah. The Bebecita, whatever. Man. Yeah. So I put on that song, and as I'm telling him this, I see him behind him through the window. I see this nigga with the, with the thing on. I don't know how you call that thing. It make, yeah. In Mexico, we call it Pasamontañas. He had that on, and he had a big-ass gun. And he was like, oh, and I was like, what the fuck? And then I looked, and the whole car is surrounded. Damn. Eight guys with that thing on their face with AKs. And they're screaming, and I turn the music down. They're saying, get the fuck out of the car, motherfucker. And I was like, wow, And all no the people there looking, bro. Look. From the club? From the club. The people, you know, it's like, let's say that shit's popping right in front of space. Where? Well, no cops. Damn. So you, and you're lit lit. I'm super late, but you know when that's happening, they the Yeah. No, no, the- <laughs> so I was like, "What the hell is going on?" So I just started looking around, and uh, and bro, they were like, "Open the fucking door!" And my friend started crying. I know, no, they're gonna kill us because he was from he was from Ciudad Juarez. Juarez is is gangster, mm-hmm. like cartel gangster. He's right borders with uh, uh El
0: Paso, okay, Texas. Yeah.
1: So he was from there. So he know how it is so he's like no if we open they're gonna take us out and i said bro if we don't open they're gonna just shoot us yeah i said open the fucking door he wouldn't open so i unlocked the door and i opened it. when i opened boom boom they started hitting me like really bad and they threw me on the ground put the gun in my head and they threw him over there they're like you getting not even kidnap motherfucker they said no nah. so they picked me up and they put me in a patriot a white patriot i remember that patriot was parked right next to us i didn't see them they were hiding inside the car well, we were going in the car. Once we got in the car, they came out of the car again yeah, to us.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So what happens now? you in this, are you with your boy still or you're in a separate? this
1: separate They took my boy in my truck and they took me in
0: the other truck. Damn. Okay. So what's happening now? Like, you're... bro. they
1: took us while they were taking us. They were like, hey, give me, I had, I had over 3K in, in my pants cash. Cause I was going to take that just, you know, for the ride. I had my phone, my wallet, and they took my wallet and took the, 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 the cash. They took my phone, and I remember they're like, give me your code. This is not, and give me this. And they started opening everything. Yeah. So I gave them my code, and well, they, I get, they were hitting me in the ribs, hitting me in the face, hitting me with the gun. And they were like, oh, you're going to see what's going to happen, motherfucker, this and that. So, uh, Bro, long story short, I mean, they took... So,
0: so, no, no, no. <laughs> We got a long story short, bro. We on we a podcast. Oh, So, you get, where did they take you from there?
1: They took us to this, uh, like, woods, bro.
0: The woods and I- shit.
1: I noticed because when they got us out of the car, you notice, know, you know where you hear them crickets. Yeah. the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And you see, like, the grass, like, yeah. high grass. And it smells like, like. Freaking jungle! Yeah, I was like, "Oh snap! This is this
0: real." So okay, so what happens though? They they
1: they took us to these woods and they saw dark. They had a like a like a like a a cover like a cover like yeah. uh, and, and, and the sheets of the 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 pillow yeah. pillow case and they had it on me. And then they took us and they did a circle and they took it off. And uh are like, "Man, you mean kidnapping?"
0: I hey. this is it because I seen the pictures and everything. So what? How long is this? So they
1: grabbed, they grabbed my homie, and he was crying. He was crying big time. And they were like, shut the fuck up. this is not. And they're like, get on your fucking knees. And he was like, no, please don't do anything. Get on your fucking knees. And I was seeing that. And then they hit him really hard on the, on the ribs. Mm. And they put him on his knees, and boom,
0: they popped. And they- Right there in the woods. They killed your boy in the woods.
1: I have a picture, too, of how they left it there like a dog room. Damn, bro. And I felt so bad because that dude was really good, man. He was super Christian. He would always go to church. He was always doing good things, you know, and I, I felt so guilty at first because I, I made him
0: go, you know, so yeah. I
1: felt like I killed him.
0: Yeah, damn. So you're you're there in the woods, so they, 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 and then what do they do to you now, bro? Do they, now they take you somewhere else? Or? Take me somewhere else. So they just took you to the woods to kill him? Yeah. Okay. F- you know, like I told you,
1: they weren't. Through fear. Yeah. Obviously, when they did that, I knew they weren't going to do anything to me right there and there because, you know, they want money. Yeah. They want info. They want whatever they could get out of you, so they're not going to just pop me. Obviously, he was excess baggage. Yeah. That's why whoever would have been with me in that car would have been popped. Yeah. So then they put me back in in, in the Patriot. My car, never found it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, they put me back in the truck and they took me. And they were beating me to to the point where they take you to. I didn't know because mm-hmm. I was covered. So we, all I know was that I was, you know, we were driving, we were driving and the sun was rising. Because, uh, you know, you, even though you're covered, you could see when it's right. light out. And we got to this place, this neighborhood, where it was a uh, gated neighborhood, I remember, because they told the guy over the gate, open the gate, open the gate, we're we'll bringing one. So I was like, oh, damn, even the gate dude is on this motherfucking mm-hmm. shit. So then they parted. But see, I was doing, I don't know if you know those movies where they got somebody kidnapped. You know that movie, Taken? Mm-hmm. When they got him kidnapped yeah. in, like, Istanbul? And he's, like, counting the blocks and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay. So we walked in the gate. We we turned right. We took, so I was like, man, I just need info. Yeah. Whatever I can get, you know. So we got to this house. They opened the doors, and they bring me in. They put me in this room in the very back. So when they grabbed me, they, they lift me. They, they put me in the room and they're like, turn around. So I was turn around and they grabbed me like this, but like, bro, they, these guys grab you like, yeah. they don't treat you good. They, they, they treat you like shit. Yeah. So they grabbed my arms like that and, and like put them together and they started taping my, my arms backwards mm-hmm. from my elbows to my, to my wrists with that gray tape, the duct tape. Yeah. And they wrapped it around like that. And then they're like, get on your knees. So I got on my knees, and then they wrapped my my legs from my knees to my to my Are they ankles. Uh huh. And they push. They kicked me in the back and threw me in the ground, and they told me, "You're gonna be here until Papa comes." So I didn't know who Papa was. I didn't know anything. So I was like, okay. So then they left me there. So I was just laying like this, but with nothing on the face, and it was a room. But when I started looking around, the room had nothing. It just had like a, like kind of like a, that with yeah. a chain. So yeah. I was like, man, this is where they hang you and they torture you, hang, mm. you know? So it had a thing to hang some, somebody and, uh, the windows were covered with She-Rock. So they covered, they turned that shit into a bunker. Yeah. And then the door had a bunch of locks.
0: So they didn't say anything about what they wanted from you or anything. They just said, you are going to put you here. You're going to wait for some of. We're going to wait for, 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 how many days were you there? How long?
1: So it took like, uh, bro, probably would've taken like three, four hours
0: mm-hmm. or
1: even more. Cause I was just laying there. But when I was laying there, I was like, damn lady, it starts hitting you.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
1: like, man, this shit is real. Like, yeah. fuck, this is it. I'm done. Yeah. So I'm laying there and, um, and nobody's in the house. And then like hours later. Probably like four hours, five hours, I hear them walking in. Mm-hmm. So then they 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 grab me through the table like that, and they pick me up like that. Mm-hmm. It hurts like a motherfucker, and then they put me on my knees, and then they're like, put your legs forward. So I put my legs forward and I, I and I was like that, mm-hmm. sitting on the ground. And they're like, Okay, we're gonna ask you a bunch of questions, we're gonna talk. And if you don't answer and give us what we want, you're gonna see what's gonna happen to you. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you that. So when they took that off, everybody was covered except Papa. Mm-hmm. And Papa was the guy at the club.
0: That was looking at you funny, that, yeah. at your heat. So I was like, dang.
1: And that day that I saw him, he was with this guy that he owned a club back then. So, so I was like, this is not good because if he let me see his face, they're never going to let me go.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean...
1: Yeah. You think they're gonna let me go when I know who he was with
0: and everything. So you're there. What are the what type of stuff are they asking?
1: So they were like, okay, how do you, bro? They were asking me a bunch of stupid shit. Like, they obviously, bro, you know, when you're doing really good, people start thinking you're either scamming here, they call it a scam or whatever. In Mexico, if you're doing good in business, they think you're you're laundering money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they were like, who do you launder money for? And I said, nobody. What you mean, nobody? And so boom, they will hit you like bad like with the gun like that, or they had a hammer and they would like hit me in the handle on the shoulders or whatever like that. And I was like, no, bro, I am telling you the fucking truth. Like, I don't do my shit right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know? So they were like, who do you work for? What do you do? How do you get your money? Who's your business partners? Who buys your franchise? A bunch of questions. And they had like a thing and they were just writing everything. Because they do that to get whatever info they can Mm -hmm. to go for the next person. Obviously, that's what they do for a living, you know? So at the end he's like, Yo, we're gonna we want this amount of money from you. You're gonna have to give us this amount. Obviously it was a crazy ass amount and I told him, I don't have that shit. Come on, bro. I just cut hair. I mean I have barbershops, bro. I'm not like a freaking Trump or something. So you're crazy. So he went down to a number and uh Did you say the number? Yeah, he, he asked me for hundred fifty K, which is nothing Yeah, I'm not nothing here, but over there it's a good amount, you know? 150 U.S. dollars. Yeah, U.S. dollars. So it was like 150K, 1,000. So I said, I mean, yeah, we could work that out. And I said, yo, just, I called, let me make some calls right now. i get you that money and i give you my cars. i give you all of that shit. I had a Cayenne Porsche at the time, like almost brand new. I had a, a mass Accurate MDX brand new, the one that they grabbed me with. And I had Rolexes, I had chains, I had everything. I said, I'll give you all of that shit plus what you're asking me for, but let me go today. And he's like, bro, you're not going to tell us what to do. And all of that shit is ours already. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. So, but before he was asking me for that, when he was asking me the questions, he's like, don't tell me you made your money just from cutting hair. That shit's not true. And I said, bro, I swear. I swear on God. I mean, I, I swear. I don't work for nobody. I don't work for no cartel. So he's like, okay, give me. So he, he told the guy, give me the mat. So you know that cutting table where you cut the 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 vegetables and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he put it on the on the on the floor and he said, Give me your hand. So he grabbed my left hand and he put it there. He's like, give me the hammer. So he grabbed the hammer and when he was gonna go like that. And I said, No, please not my hand. And he's like, Oh you cut hair, right? And I said, Yeah. He's like what you prefer, your hand or your foot? And I said my foot. So he grabbed my left foot, put it on the thing, and just grabbed the hammer and just went like that.
0: But for that though, like-
1: just to torture you. Yeah. It's part of the of the process.
0: Yeah. You, know? you said you were gonna give him the money already, right? And he's still trying to fuck you up, bro. They fucked me
1: up for five. I was I was tortured for five days straight. This was the first hour we were talking, and he started hitting me like crazy. You know, so he grabbed the fucking hammer and boom, and hammered my the this finger next to the the big toe, mm-hmm. and started hitting it, hitting it to the point that it started moving, that it was all broken. And then he went on to the next, the next, and then he started going up, 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 all of my leg started hitting but they hit you hard bro yeah and they hit you hard on your knees bro and you o- could even hear you could even hear the noise from the from the from the metal and the bone like one like the whole. Oh. Is
0: fr- this is from like punishment because of you dodging them for the in the past or like what is it that I wish I knew because you already made the deal they're getting their money they're doing all that but they're still trying to fuck you up like if, if you're giving them a hard time or something yeah but k- because you know I I think, I,
1: I, I'm i not sure, I cannot talk for them because I don't know, I, I never know one of them fools and ask them. But I think that they do that just to to, to fuck with you. Like, it's pleasure for them. Mm. You know, these guys do this for a living. Mm. You know, they go and they chop heads off, they chop feet. I don't know if you've seen all the videos of all the shit they do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've heard, I don't know, but I haven't seen videos, I mean. Oh, bro, there's yeah.
1: this page,s there's this page, Mexican page called BlogDelNarco.com. You go on that beach and you see everything they do. Yeah, I don't want to see that. But <laughs> And bro, it's crazy. So they do that out of pleasure. Yeah. They do it out of pleasure. So while they have you, they just, with pleasure, they do it. Obviously, they were doing it all of my legs because they, they're taking pictures yeah. of me to send and everything. So they do it to you just to, to fuck with you, probably because I was dodging them, probably because they didn't like me, probably they did it for pleasure. I don't know, who knows, right. you know? So then they started hitting me on my leg, on my arms, and uh, and bro, I was tied with this cable.
0: I've seen the pictures that you have on the news, it's crazy.
1: No, and I have more, they didn't want to show like the good stuff. Ooh. But they had my hands tied to the point that it started peeling my skin with this cable, light cable. Um, and bro like that. And, and they, they hit me more. And then I remember, well, that was one day, you know, and they left, uh, it was a Sunday that day was a Sunday cause they grabbed me some Saturday night, mm-hmm. beginning of Monday. So that was Sunday, probably they were with family and shit. Mm-hmm. So then they came back Monday, but it was, uh, I remember it was five guys. Cause you know, since you're covered, you, you listen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, another thing that they did, I remember that they grabbed me. And uh, they they grabbed these cables and they started tying my, my my toes one by one, like that, tying them hard. So I think, Man, they're gonna cut off my circulation. They're gonna cut my fingers off. That's what I thought. And I was like, oh God. So I was like worried. But then they would grab my leg, my, my toes, tie them with these like copper cables, and then they will hook them onto a cable and then they will hook it onto the electricity. And then they will wet my, my toes. And to be, you start like bro, that hurts. It's like a motherfucker, bro. and it's electrocution all the way up to your head, and then you just lose it. And when you get conscience again, you're thrown
0: up, you peed on, you shit on. So, so you were in that same room for five five days, bro. The always takes the deal with you on the first day. He makes the deal, and then he says, "What? I'm leaving you in here for five days?" Or no, no,
1: no, no, no. no. He said no. See, the first day it was just torture, and for me to be mentally fucked over, you know. Then the next day, they came and they're like, "Okay, who do you want us to call?" So I say, "Call this person, call this person." I told them to call my business partner and my wife, and I said, "Call them, and they know what to do." So they called them. They called my wife. You know, one day we could ask my, you could ask my wife all of this, so she could do her little part on how it was outside of this, because I'm telling you what I live in there. But outside, you know, everybody was going crazy. Right. So to to tell a little bit of that part, you know, she my mom calls my my wife. My mom and my dad not together no more, so my mom lived with me. I always took care of my mom. My mom calls my wife and says, Yo, Oscar never came home to go to Colombia. That's weird. And my wife was like, He's probably with some hoes and fucked up. And he's like, My mom's like, Yeah, but he will never miss a work trip. You know how he's in work. And she was like, yeah, that's true. So they started getting worried, they called my brother. My brother's like, yeah, he was at the club, I left the club, but he was gonna go to Colombia. They started calling me and nobody answered, nobody answered, so they started worrying. They started going to the police. Hey, is he arrested? No, they, they started calling the 911, is he in the hospital? No, so then they started worrying and worrying. And that night, in the afternoon of Sunday, they went to the club. And the club was still closed, but there was a gate, so they asked the police in the front. I said, yo, so the guy was nervous. No, I cannot tell you anything. Yo, can we see the cameras? No, the cameras ain't working. It was a Cristal Hotel. It's a famous hotel. And he was like, all I could tell you was that a guy was taken last night with this other dude. And my wife and my brother were like, was he big, like kind of chubby? Yeah. Was he tall, uh, white? Yeah. And he had a black Acura truck, so... Yeah. They found out that night. So they already they already know what happened. So then when they call her, she already knows I'm missing. Right. But nothing is out. Right. Like nobody knows except us. Right. So they tell her, yo, we want this amount, this and that, and don't you dare say anything. Because if this shit goes on the news or whatever, he's dead. Right. So she's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'm going to tell her brother, his brother. So then they hung up and, and that was on a Wednesday. No, that was Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, bro, the news were insane. Yeah. Okay. So how long? So. Oh, what happened was that the body was found. I remember my homie's body was found. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was in, in, in the woods, but it was, they call it Rancho Viejo around there where, where they drop all the bodies. So they're always found because workers go there and everything. So they found the body and they linked they're like, oh, Oscar's missing. Right. The body, the barbershop, the, the barbershop, the barber is dead.
0: So they linked it up. That, that that guy wants to make the deal with you that he wants to, the, the money. Is that the, what day is that, that he makes? That's the first day. Okay. And then, but you, he's not letting you go after you met? He's not letting me- waiting to get money. The- no, see the thing is that he told me we we'll are gonna do the deal. Yeah.
1: But he's like, all right, so we're going to make the call tomorrow to get the money. Just sit tight. So I was like, all right. But while this is happening, these guys, there were five guys. These guys were just in there in the house, just drinking, smoking crack. I used to smoke crack, so I was smelling. I know what crack smells like. So they were smoking crack, and they would just go in the room, bro. Like, if it was for fun, and they would just beat me up. Like, let's say we're talking right uh, now, and there's a dude in your room. Uh, Hold on, give me a minute. I just go in there. Fucking slap him around, hit him with my gun in the head and kick him t- like in the back, in the fucking chest, in the legs, and then come back and keep on chilling. Damn. So they would do that throughout the whole day. Then the next day, Papa never, Papa, I never saw Papa again uh-huh. until never. To this day, i never seen him. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what day do they let you? Tuesday, they ask for the money. Mm-hmm. My wife says, yeah, so they make the calls. And then on Wednesday... That's the day that the the transaction is gonna pop and uh but the everything went out of the news. Why? Because since Sunday night my wife and my family already went to the police to try to do a uh missing. Right, right. Missing, but it has to be seventy two hours. Right. So since the police already knew that my family thought I was missing and they found a barber right, right. dead and everything, they're like, Boom, they should So when, it's Wednesday now what happens to- So Wednesday they found out. So they never called again.
0: And what happens Thursday, Friday? Like how long are you there?
1: So I was there from Sunday, beginning of Sunday, all the way through Friday.
0: And then, so.
1: No, to Thursday, five days, exactly, five days. October 19th, I, I got taken October 14th, I was, I, I escaped, I didn't, I in the
0: that's, on, but that's what I want to get to. So the, the your people are getting the money together, um, and you haven't seen, you don't see this guy again after the first day, yeah. and it's already, they're just torching you throughout the week.
1: Then they never called again, they never called my family again to get the money or nothing. They never got anything.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. So what? So now it's Thursday, Friday. What happens? Like, what day is- So each day,
1: they were fucking me up, uh-huh. beating me up, torturing me, electro- electrocuting me and everything. And then Thursday, no, Wednesday night, on the fourth night, but see what? This was going on. These guys would go in there and they would just jump me and they would put a can on my face and would make me smoke crack. Jesus. So I would go crazy. So, and they had this corrido. You know, the corridos right now, they're popping with Peso Pluma and Atanael, all these guys. But back then, corridos, nobody listened to corridos except you were doing crack and, and you were like from the north of Mexico and you were working for the cartel. Right. Now it's famous. So they would put the music all the way high. They would make me smoke crack. And I, they had me tied like this. But check this out. They had my elbows to my wrists like that and my knees to my, to my ankles. And they had me tied like this in the middle of the room. So I'm sitting like this. So if, but it's so tight. Look, I can't even put them together. So it was crushing my 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 ribs. Right. So I could barely breathe. And they had a a, a pillowcase on me and tape with the duct tape all around. And they would just cut like this, so I could breathe a little bit. And I could from the can, so I could smoke. And the room was hot as fuck. So, bro, just remembering it yeah. makes me like sweat because it was like fucking. Yeah. Claustrophobic, you know? Yeah. So I was sitting there, so I couldn't lay back because if I lay back, then my arms would go like that and I would lose breath. If mm-hmm. I go to the side and lay on my side, I would cross my side and not breathe. Right. So I would imagine four days just being like this, sitting on your ass in the floor. No food. No, no. no food. Just one little cup of water, like this big. So I would just grab the cup, go like, I would grab it like this, for like this and just go around my lips. Cause the first day they gave me one and I drank the whole thing and I said, can I get more? And he's like, he's like, you don't get one till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I would just grab like this and and like wet my lips and I would just sit like that and bro, the back pain was killer. Killer, the back, everything because I I couldn't move around. So Just like that, bro. And they would just come in and beat me and beat me and beat me, jump on me, jump on me, me, hit me with the hammer, fucking slap me around, hit me with the guard and they would just
0: walk out and this back and forth. Now tell me what the next event that happens.
1: So the next event on... uh, on wednesday night Mm -hmm. i'm downstairs and i was already telling them yo if you're not gonna let me go just fucking kill me Mm -hmm. because it was like mad torture Mm -hmm. also they would come in the room and that was like fucking insane because they would come in the room and while they were beating me they would be like in another house we have your wife and we're all fucking the shit out and you know if it's true or not Mm -hmm. so bro your mind is like going insane so on wednesday night uh I'm just laying there, and I hear this guy get a phone call. He's like, shut up, shut up, it's Papa. So he's like, yeah, what's up? And he says, okay, i take him upstairs. Okay, we fuck him up one more time. Yeah, tomorrow we we lo vamos a tirar. Like, we go and, like, throw. No, tirar is like throw throw him, but, like, we're going to throw him in this place. And he's like, okay. So in my mind, I'm like, good, they got the money. They're going to let me go. They're going to fuck me up one more time. I don't care. I, I could take it. So he walks in and he says, you know, he's like, Papa's really mad. I don't know what happened, but this is going to be your last night. We're going to fuck you up. And then tomorrow you're dead like that. He said that. So I was like, wow. And when he said that bro, you know, cause inside of me all this time, I had hope. Cause the last thing you lose is hope. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think you're going to die. Yeah. But when he said that, like, it, it hit me. Like, I was like, damn, this is shit, and this is for real. So what they did, they they picked me up, and bro, I could barely walk because this food, this whole side of me was tear up. So they picked me up, and they started taking me up to the room. And then when we got up to the room upstairs, that room, had a, see, it was their room where they used to sleep at. So he hit me, he threw me on the ground, and then one guy jumped on top of me. And he he put his foot on my stomach and the other foot on my throat, and all oh, his weight was on top of me, so I was choking. So what I was choking, this other guy grabbed the hammer and turned it around and started hitting me with the hammer on my leg. So the little thing where you take off the nail started going into my skin, and I have a really big hole here to this day. Like it healed up, but that hole was huge because he got to the bone. Like he went and getting the thing like that stuck to the bone, and then in my in my knee too, and. While the other guy was on top of me, he was uh, stabbing me with an ice pick on this other leg, like just stabbing me like that. So this is on Thursday? This is on on, on Wednesday night on the, f- so it was all Sunday, all Monday, all Tuesday, all Wednesday, the fourth night they were doing that. So I was choking like this, and I remember I couldn't breathe, and I started hearing this noise like, like that, and I started like kind of sleepy. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I was like, yo, Oscar, just fucking die. It's better for you. See, my my fear was to me to get caught up alive, life because they do that. Mm-hmm. And like I tell you on that website, I, I used to see it every day. And I don't know why I would go on that website and I would just see videos of, of all of this. So my fear was that I would get caught up, mm-hmm. chopped yeah, up yeah. in pieces alive, life and, because they do that. And it's nasty. Yeah. So that was my fear. So I was like, man, just, just die of, of, of being choked, so you know because I had my hands like this trying to push his foot because he wouldn't let me breathe. So I just put my hands out and I said, okay, this is it. And I started losing my breath and I started kind of like falling asleep. But then I said, no, I can't die. So he, I grabbed my hands, I pushed him like this and he fell on my on my stomach. And he grabbed me by the neck and pushed me against the wall. He said, because I would complain a lot that my back hurt, that I was hungry, that I was hot, that I was tired. That. Mm-hmm. So he grabbed me by the neck. He said, if you fucking make, if you complain one more time, I'm going to stick this fucking ice pick on your cheek and to, like, take your tongue out. And he's like, because now Papa can't protect you no more. Because supposedly Papa was not letting them kill me or do worse things. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, bro, I ain't going to say anything. And, uh, and he smacked me against the the wall, and he left me there. So I was in this little corner, and I would just hear him talk. Just like me and you are talking, I would hear him. Like, let's say me and you are talking, because it was two dudes on the room, and I was like laying right there on the corner. So I would hear everything they were saying. And while they were doing that, that's when it hit me, bro. Like, at that moment, after the four nights, that was the only time that I thought that, yo, death is right here. So in my mind, I I said, yo, this is it. So I started crying. I remember inside that thing, I started crying. And I cried because I said, man, I mean, I'm 35, and, and I'm fucking, I'm gonna die. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to see my kids grow. I'm not going to see my wife. I was an asshole to my wife. I destroyed my family. I destroyed my marriage. And that's the image that I'm going to leave of her that, you know, I destroyed her and then I got killed. Yeah. And I said, I'm not going to walk my daughter down the aisle when she gets married. I'm not going to see my, my boy turn into a man. So that all started to hit me, you know? Mm-hmm. Shit that you don't think of when you're partying, when you're doing a bunch of things, when you're growing. Like you forget yeah. about the the important thing. Yeah. The core, which is your family. Fact. You let that shit go for fun, for money, for hoes, for for le- luxury, when this is this is the, the most important foundation. The, the foundation. So I let my foundation go. So I was crying because I was disappointed to, with myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, the worst thing is that I'm going to end up being thrown in, this, in, the, in the garbage or in a bag. Mm-hmm. So I remember I started crying, and then I said to myself, Oscar, you know, this is it. So you're done. So I I remember I, 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 I had a, a talk with God, bro. Mm-hmm. I talked with God, and you know, it's crazy because people say God is everywhere. God is here. God, God's, he's the omnipresent, but and nobody really believes that or mm-hmm. thinks like that, you know, but I could tell you that I, I felt like I had God in front of me. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's kind of crazy to say, but I felt like he was just standing like hearing me because I felt his presence
0: that he was right there in front of. It has those spiritual moments in their life, bro.
1: So he was sitting there. I remember I said, God, I'm just going to ask you for three things. I said, number one, for everything I did because you know, when I, when I came back from, from Utah to Cancun, I was a knucklehead. But then I, I, in 2006, had an encounter with God and I gave my life to Christ. And when I gave my life to Christ, I started serving God and I became a youth pastor and I had rehabs and I started helping out people from the streets, from the ghetto and picking them up and taking them and turning them around. So I served God for eight whole years uh, for, for nothing back, you know? So I said, God, for everything I did, please don't let my wife and my kids like. Yeah.
0: yeah. Don't sure they're good, make
1: sure they're good for the rest of their life. And I said, two please forgive me for all my sins. Because I know I've, I've seen a lot and I want to see you, Yeah, And I said, three, I'm tired. I'm tired as fuck. Please let me sleep. And I said that crime. I said, I'm so tired, and bro, I fell asleep. And I fell asleep. First time in the four days that I, I could sleep. I don't know how much time I slept or or if it was minutes or hours, but I remember while I was sleeping, I dream a story that it's in the Bible. And the story is that uh, uh, Peter is preaching the gospel, and he gets thrown in jail. And when he gets thrown in jail, um, he tells God, yo, you want me to keep on, on preaching? Get me out of here. So the Bible says that the Holy Spirit put the guards to sleep, and he came and opened the gate for him, and he got out of prison and escaped prison. And I had that dream. Yeah, bro, I, I dreamt that story, and I woke up. So when I woke up, I I said, God, just like I said, you have the power to to." of death and life. And I said, if it comes down to you being able to to do something for me, don't let me die here. Please get me out. So I said, just like you took Peter out, take me out, please. But I said it crying, bro. And I said it with faith. And I remember I kind of passed out again. And then I just, I was sleeping. And then I would hear, I don't know where, from far away I would hear, Like that, like snoring. And then what woke me up was this guy snoring. This guy's falling asleep, bro. Mm-hmm. And when they fall asleep, I said, wow, this is shit, man. This is happening. And they, it was crazy because I felt like something was telling me what to do without having to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a puppy, you know, moving around, knowing what to do, what movements and what exactly to do. But I know it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was I was just chilling. I was there. And when I, I hear them snoring, I said, man, this is it. This It's happening. So I remember something told me, "Yo, oh, stretch your legs and just pop that, pop the tape." So I started stretching my legs, and the tape popped. And then I had my tape like this, and and, and I felt like I needed to to put speed on my on my hand so, so that the the stickiness would go away, so I was able to crunch it and, and take my hand out. But what's crazy was that no food, no water, crack, and everything. You know your 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 yeah your mouth is dry, yeah. bro. When I went like this, my mouth started creating saliva. Like when you know when you're about to throw up, that it turns like, like water. water. Yeah, it was water. You know, just dish addition. I would drop, bro. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's why you know when people tell me yo I don't believe in God, I say bro I I believe in God now because of religion. I believe in God because he saved I've Seen it, yeah, seen it, bro. So I just started dropping that and I started going like this until it crumbled up. That I put it on my knee. And I let go my hand, and I was free. But when I was doing all of this, my heart was going like yeah. this, because I would hear them snore right here. Mm-hmm. And then I started taking the, the tape of my face. And when I went like this, they were like were your I was sleeping on the bed, like oh, snoring, and they had the guns and the 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 the, 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 the hammer. Mm-hmm. So I got up, and and I could barely move from this leg. Because it was hurting and you know the bones were broken and everything. So I came up and I said, What do I do? What do I do? And the band was next to the slider door. And I would see the outside. So I said, I gotta jump up through them, open the slider, jump through the balcony. Mm-hmm. I was on the second floor. So I said, But to be able to jump on top of them, I, I gotta take them out. So I went and I was gonna grab the gun and I said, man, I'll take the gun. Pa shut the fools. But I said, But then the guys from the bottom, they're gonna wake up and they're gonna come at me and we're gonna just go at it and it's over. So I said, no, nah, man, I'm going to grab the hammer, and I'm just going to hit him hard. And when the other one is about to wake up, I hit him and I knock him out. Either I kill him or knock him out and be able to jump on him. So I started coming to the—but looking at them in the face. I was looking at them in the face while they had their eyes closed and coming. And when I was about to grab the hammer, my hand started shaking, and my whole body started shaking. Mm-hmm. And something told me no. And And I felt like I needed to look to the door, and the door was closed. And something told me, yo, go through the door get out through the door. Mm-hmm. So I started going like this and I was looking at them and then when I got to the door, I opened the door and I was, the door was like, the door opened and it was in that corner where the stairs meet and there was another door that led to the to the washer mm-hmm. area in Mexico. You know, the, the ghetto houses got the, they do the laundry on the top on the roof mm-hmm. and they hang the, whole, the clothes on the roof. So he had the door there. So I opened that door and when I looked, the other three guys were sleeping too, snoring, all five, bro. Passed out. And he, I- He's bounced. I opened the door and I went up to the roof. And when I got to the roof, it was, you know, that time when it's like between six and seven that the day is going, but there's no noise, nobody's out there. And I was able to see, and I was like, damn, I'm in Las America. I was in a in neighborhood with a bunch of people around, houses, people with families. And they would do that there. So I was like, "Wow, this is where I'm at. And I said, bro, but I, I'm free. And I remember I started smiling. And I said, did you see it? I'm, I gotta go. So I was on the roof and bro, I felt, a voice that said, run. And when I felt that voice that said, run, it, a power came onto to me like crazy, and I started running, and I jumped from one house to the other. The houses in in the ghetto, they're really close mm-hmm. together, like a meter, a meter and a half. So I jumped from one house to the other, and then another, and I jumped four houses. And then when I got to the last one, I jumped to the bottom, Then I ran to this wall, and I jumped up, and I did like a pull-up, which I never, I've never, till this day, I can't do a pull-up. Mm-hmm. And bro, you know, over there, the, 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 the walls have, like, the the bottoms of the sodas, they crash them, and they put them they, with cement. Mm-hmm. So, bro, I got all these cars right here that my hands went in there, and I got cut with them. Mm-hmm. And I got on top of them. I jumped another. I jumped 20-something roofs to, to be able to escape from that area. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got to this neighborhood, and I started stopping cars. There's even a video. You could Google it. You could put on Google Oscar Wall Kidnapping Cancun, and boom, you see everything there. And I'm stopping cars, and nobody's is helping me until this, this blue car came. And they pulled down the window, and I said, please. In my mind, I said, if this car doesn't help me, I'm just going to do like Grand Theft Auto. They'll take them out and, and leave in the car because I need to escape. They're going to come at me and kill me. They're going to go get my family. I needed to know if they were mm-hmm. good. So I remember the, door, the lady ro- rolled down the window, and she's like, I know who you are. You're Oscar. Everybody thinks you're dead. And I said, yeah, please help me. It's just like your wife does my lashes. And I said, please help me. Take me out of here. I need to leave. And she's like, but what if they do something to me? I said, they're not going to do anything to you. So she's like hopping. So I jumped in the car. She had her daughter. It was a Thursday morning. They were going to school. And bro, I'm in the back seat and I'm bleeding all over. Like since, you know, the adrenaline, the blood from the hole is like going all over her seat. And I am and I smell like piss, like shit, like Mm -hmm. throw up, Mm -hmm. like everything. I said, yo, I'm getting your car there. And she's like, don't worry, don't worry. Where am I going to take you? So I told her this place. I went to my brother in laws house. I got out, I went in his house, and that's when I called my wife. And my wife answered, and she's like, oh, my God, ask you. And I said, you have two minutes to get out of the house. They're going to come at you and kill you. Grab the kids and leave. Don't call anybody, and I'll see you in this state. It's a state that is next to Quintana Roo, but it was like four hours away. So I said, I'll meet you there at that certain house. And uh, you're never coming back home. And she just grabbed the kids and ran out and left, bro. She left the house open. We lost everything. We lost our furniture. We lost everything. She never came back home. I called my brother, told him the same thing. I called my mom, told the same thing. And I had a friend that worked for the police. So he came, picked me up with my mom. He picked my mom up, picked me up, and he escorted me out of the the state.
0: And uh, And then you guys went, and then you...
1: Went Mexico? To, we went to another state and I had to heal, but in that state, my homie called some government people and said, yo, we're going to give you protection for 10 days with six security people at this house, security house. But well, you got to leave the country in 10 days and then we don't protect you guys no more. You guys go your way and whatever happens, happens.
0: And then this was in 20, what year? 2018. So you, after that, you heal up and then you leave Mexico. I left Mexico October 29th. That's my birth. I was in 18.
1: October twenty nine, I landed in Orlando. I had no place to go. I don't know if you remember uh Level, this guy that used to do the background fighting with Kimbo. I know Level. Well Level became a pastor and he was he lives in Orlando. He he helps out in a shelter. I knew him from here. So I called up Levo and I said, Levo, I got no place to go. He's like, come to Orlando, stay in the shelter with us and help us out preaching in the streets and, and help us out in the shelter.
0: Oh, that's crazy. I don't know what level was a pastor. Yeah, yeah. You could go with him. And... been to Mexico
1: since? Yeah, I used to go every three months to Mexico. But I would go from Orlando to Mexico City and then I would take a bus to this other state, then another one, and I would see my wife and kids. I put them in a place that there's no communication barely. And then I would go back and do the same thing, back and forth every three months. And my wife wouldn't take me back. I, she used to hate me, bro, because she was like, man, you destroyed my, my marriage. You destroyed our family. And now you destroyed my life. You put me in the middle of nowhere. So it was tough. And when I got to Orlando, I would work uh, cutting grass with this homie. And for being a business owner, so I remember when level, and the pastor picked me up. They're like, bro, you're going to stay in the shelter. And we went and bought an inflatable mattress. And we fill up the mattress, and I stay with fifty homeless in a warehouse. And ten days I w- before I was living in front of the beach with chauffeur, we
0: made escape those guys. That dude never got his money. Yeah. And then, did you find out any background information of who they were? Uh, the day when I was,
1: the day I got, I escaped. The next day, it was all over the news. The guys that I escaped from, their punishment was they cut them up in pieces. They burned two of them alive, and they're on the news and everything. And they cut up. The rest and they put them outside among my barbershops. So all the police was at my barbershop, one head in one barbershop, the arms in another one. The election,
0: that one in- And again. they disobeyed their boss, their, bo- their boss? No,
1: because they weren't They weren't supposed to do that. Like I tell you, the cartel doesn't do kidnapping or extortion. They're, they're low life
0: scumbags. Dodge. So well, when they get caught, when they get caught, they. they. they the real cartel comes into it.
1: So they cut them out. So I have pictures, bro, of the people, them heads. Even the head, they show me the head. The police show me the head, and he's like, and I said, yeah, that's the dude that stabbed me right here with the, and it was the head, bro.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. and So, Oscar, that's crazy, bro. <laughs> Yo, I appreciate you pulling up. Um, I'm, damn, I don't want to send, I don't want to see the pics, but I guess I have to to like put it part of the content. But um, yeah, man, you do your. For the people that don't know, Oscar's a uh, dope barber man. Do you want to plug your your social media? With- yeah, bro,
1: Oscar Wall, Oscar Wall and I'm right here in downtown Miami, Mr. C. Barbershop come through.
0: There it is. So you were basically kidnapped for, like, let's say five days, right? Yeah. Five days. And you escaped on the fifth day because they fell asleep. Yeah. Crazy.
1: American of God, bro.
0: And you didn't have to pay them that money or nothing?
1: Nothing, but I lost everything. Yeah. like, But, you know, I gained my family back. I, I could tell you that losing everything that didn't matter got me everything that matters so i got my family together i got my wife back i'm here in miami i'm living good i couldn't hear i'm not an owner no more i'm an employee but i got my wife i got my kids i'm happy so yeah. way better
0: what a story bro i appreciate you pleasure to meet you my brother you, the shop has a great vibe um and there it is oscar wall miami on the Rock, spout. <laughs>